action at the first time. Alright, well, let's do this again in three, two... Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people, and you are listening to Getting Tabled, episode 16, with your host, The Brew. I'm back! That's right, he's like a rash on your perineum. It won't go away. Hey! <laughs> Fine. And this is George, he doesn't matter. That's right, I only matter in the ways that don't matter. Exactly. Bruce, uh, welcome back. Uh, glad everything's going well. Um, you, you got some mail, didn't you? I did get some mail from some sneaky, sneaky people. Not so much sneaky, just resourceful. D does this make me a Marine now? Absolutely not. It just makes it so that you're someone a Marine would associate with in public. I've eaten crayons now. I'm totally a Marine. Wait, do you still have some? Yeah. Okay, we're going to eat some at the same time. Okay, let me grab one. Because it's Christmas, I have a green one and a red one. And for anybody that's potentially new to the podcast, these are chocolate crayons that have been sent to us individually. And, and, and because this, this is such an event, I've asked Casey to come and join us while we eat crayons. Yay! Hello, Casey. What? Oh, I'm trying to open it. <laughs> <laughs> She's perfect for me. She can't open crayons. What? <laughs> You have to say that again. Oh, it's because he eats all the crayons before I get a chance to open them. But Bruce is eating his crayons that we sent him. Bruce, what else did you get in the mail? I also got a pack of, I think they're WizKids Metal Minis. Uh, they're Batman ones. And I got a lovely terrain piece of a jail, which is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a postcard that was Merry Christmas, Enjoy Time. Um, I'd have to grab it, but some, it makes another jail. Well, I mean, Australia is nothing but a penal colony, so yeah, it makes sense. You just want to penal. Penal colony sounds funny. It, it goes right up there with a uh, perineum. <laughs> yep, pretty much. All right. Well, now that we've enjoyed our case, uh, crayons. Thank you for joining us on the crayons, Casey. Do you have any money left? No, I don't have any money. You spend it. Did you eat it all? Yes, I ate all the money. You ate all the money. I ate all the money. Rude. Yes. Even the paper money. There was paper money. Oh, right. You didn't get that. No, there was no paper money. Bye, Casey. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> American money's made out of denim anyway. It's actually cloth, but yeah. Still weird. It feels like paper. Well, that's why you, you wash it and it doesn't like disintegrate. So Yeah, true. But yes, so thank you, Michelle, and to George and whoever else was involved. I actually don't know that. Captain Sox, of course. Ah, cool. I didn't want to make assumptions. Okay, so shall we talk about like current event type stuff? You mean this stuff? Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. It's almost like I'm giving spoilers. What? The credits roll at the end of the movie. Yoda dies? Uh, he does at some point, but he didn't exist in the first one, so it doesn't matter. Alrighty, um, news. Broken Toad is making brushes again. Yeah, now this is not entirely brand new news, but I only discovered this semi-recently when, again, lamenting about the fact that I wish that the best brushes in the market were still around, in my opinion, at least, anyway. Well, uh, I Broken think I Toad... remember this. 
uh, seeing something about this uh, from Foxhammer, who runs Paint Hub on Facebook, which I'm a member of. So I think I've seen something about this. Yeah, they've in the last couple of months started making brushes again. They had ceased at some stage around six or seven months ago just because they couldn't source the hairs that they needed at a reasonable price any longer. Um, so they just got out of the market entirely. And everybody, including me, was me like, but you make the best brushes. <laughs> um, and I still state that. I have Winsor & Newtons, and I still will state that I feel that Broken Toad are better. Um, well, I do like my be, Winsor & Newtons, but... I was going to yeah. say, that'll be interesting to see, because I've got Winsor & Newtons Series 7s, um, and I am fairly... Actually, um, I, I've been seeing it float around a lot the last couple days, and uh, Michelle even shared it with us, but it was uh, a video on how uh, Winsor & Newton make their sable brushes, which, yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, they're so expensive. Oh, they're so expensive. I'm sorry, I watched that video, and I'm just like, damn, those are steel. Oh, yeah, no, th there's a reason that they're expensive. I'm sorry, looking at what goes into making one, and how many people can actually make a proper brush and all that stuff? I think they're cheap. I'm gonna. They're, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna they're very elite in the way that they do things, and they won't hire people that'll do a lesser job. Um, they're very, very specific. So, well, and yeah. like I said, for the way they are so specific, and you know, like I said, I have their brushes, great quality. I think for the the criteria they set for what makes a brush and the number of people that can make those brushes, I think they're a bargain at that price. My yeah, opinion. it's it's a very elite product. Um, now, Broken Toad's new brushes are being called their MK3 or Mark III because uh, this is the, the third line of their brushes that they've done now. Every time they've released a new mark, it's been kind of, we've improved these little bits, we've improved the shape of the handle a little bit, uh, so on and so forth. For those that are not familiar with the product, they have a very light colour, like a natural wood colour on the handle. It's still nicely and polished like everybody's brushes. Um, they don't quite spring as much as Windsor and Newtons do. They're more of a softer feel, uh, which is very much going to be a love or hate type thing. Personally, I love that because it helps with... I find the springback is what causes most of the problems that I have with freehand on the rare occasion that I actually try to do freehand. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan. It's brokentoad.com. They're being released in waves with limited numbers. The prices have increased a little bit since... Mark II, but they are still cheaper than Windsor & Newton. Again, I actually do like Windsor & Newton. I just prefer Broken Toad. I'm not saying Windsor & Newton are horrible by any means. There are brush companies that I will say are horrible. I'm not going to look at anyone in particular, Citadel. Um, but uh, yeah. I, be, Before you not say a little too much, I will say their dry brushes, I think, are, I'll agree. that's the only thing in the Citadel brush line that I will drop the money on is their dry brushes. But uh, that being said, uh, I still haven't found the little thing. I can't get the Broken Toad page to load. Um, I would be have to be hard convinced uh, to, you know, probably try anything else at this point. Um, Oh, I stand corrected. Sorry. Brokentoadstore.co.uk. That's my fault. I typed the address wrong. All right. Let's take a look. Oh, no. Come on. Brokentoadstore.co.uk. Co.uk. Yes. Okay, it's taking a while. For, it's taking a while for me to load as well. So they might actually be having issues with their website right now. Oh, no, yeah. oh there we go. Oh, took long enough. Let's see here. Because, oh. we've, because we've told people about this product 
everybody's flooded the website before this even goes live and that's not possible but our audience helped break the website and give them lots of money let's just take credit for that even though it's not boom broken toad sponsor episodes no (laughs) no definitely not we have nobody sponsoring us at all yeah we do have one patreon but it's me so that doesn't matter no we're we're still trying to get our feet under us and and scheduling and stuff like that so yeah that's nothing um i do like the aesthetic of the brush it's um so so i have a lot of um army painter the triangular white handle ones and then i've got my again very level height yeah well i like those because they're five bucks yeah i'm teaching my kid to paint take this brush and do this oh i did this don't worry about it it's five dollars can i use this one no that's twenty dollars i will break your finger i won't break his finger (laughs) did you hear that it's okay to use that brush so um empty threats are empty (laughs) um what i do like is the fact that you know like you said they do have that light wood color it's a contrast to you know other brushes in your collection of brushes it's easy to spot and grab versus oh which one am i looking for again you have a color to look for then you can look for a size and we just happen to have one you look for that color so i kind of like that um um good brushes are good brushes now uh, just to jump back a little bit, talking about the uh, the Windsor Newton Series 7 uh, video, uh, I saw a lot of people saying, like, you know, oh, well, they're harvesting, you know, the hair from sables, you know, ethically and stuff. Like, okay, so I get it, you know, you know. But how many other things in this world, through the advancement of the human way of doing things, do we, you know, use animal products? Uh, do you got leather shoes, Bruce? So what's wrong with using hair well yeah and they actually do harvest it in an in an ethical way anyway they're very particular about that uh it's worth noting that 95 percent of all sable hair comes from the same people uh and there's a very specific way they do it because they care for the animals because if they don't they lose their business um they don't really have much of a choice in treating the animals properly which isn't a bad thing. It means it forces them to do the right thing. But I can understand for people that don't understand how the businesses work, why they would assume that the animals are treated poorly because most of the time that's what happens. I mean, let's be honest, you know, as far as human humans go, we're probably the, the crappiest animals out there and whatnot. But, you know... Apart from me, I'm perfect. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, there's just something there. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, look, just one last thing on the brushes. If you buy the actual set, it comes in a nice little box with a bit of soft, cushiony stuff in the bottom. It's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It it is pretty. They've changed the box so that it's black instead of the creamy color now, which looks nicer. But otherwise, it's just a box. Yeah, screw the box. I I, I throw the box away in five minutes and put them all on the brush stand. Uh, I've only ever brought them individually because I didn't have a need for a full set. But I, well, it's worth noting that I recently purchased a set of brushes that haven't arrived yet. So I won't be buying these immediately, but there will be a purchase coming up at some stage. What are you on, Dolphin Post? Yeah, something like that. Alrighty, next in the news, uh, Face of Ultron in Marvel, Kravis Protocol's first ultimate encounter. Yeah, so this got announced earlier in the week. Um, so basically what Atomic Mass Day games have done is a two versus one mechanic. So one plays with a souped up version of Ultron in the artwork. He has a cape and everything. No caps! Um, obviously because he's wearing a cape, everybody else gangs up against him and tries to kill him. That's just the way that it is. Um, we're going to talk more specifically about the actual scenario itself 
in Game Talk. But from initial looks, I mean, this is a free thing that they've put out. Um, it uses all of the models from the base set. I'm pretty happy with what they've done here. It's been getting fairly good reviews, too. Well, um, I, I will say this. If anything, um, Ultron is the ultimate bad guy. Um, so, you know, bring anything you've got and go kill Ultron. That, based off what I know about the game, which is all you've told me. So go kill Ultron because Ultron bad. Ultron yeah. only like machine. Yeah, and as much as George kind of sounds that way sometimes, he is actually human. What do you mean? <laughs> You're very predictable is what I mean. Um, so we're going to talk more about that in Game Talk. Uh, weird on some new incoming... Is this new, new staff, new department, new... They've got new crews coming in as in new sets for the game. Oh, oh, it's a, it's a crew. It's like a gang. And, it's a skirmish uh, game. This is Malifaux. We've talked about Malifaux before. I, I, I get you. I just, I saw new crews and I'm like, I think a crew is like, you know, a work crew something like that so okay so new army new army okay Um, to be fair if they were hiring yeah george made dinner george drank wine george is george is in his normal state (laughs) (laughs) he is a marine this is his natural state yeah um Um, i'm not entirely convinced that we would know about it if if they'd made several new employees or stuff i'm not sure how public that would be well if it's if it's like a new game or a new like you know like say weird acquires like a, a hawk war games and they've got this new game yeah that's fair that's fair um so real quick i'm scrolling through here and the first thing i found was the deep sleep yep. and the the one in the top row middle um he's creepy he reminds oh, me yeah. of like one of the things from that movie nine you know the little like burlap puppet things or um nightmare uh nightmare before christmas it's oogie yeah. boogie yeah but um with his stomach cut open and his insides yeah. hanging out yeah um they are for the neverborn faction which is very much yeah it's all horror demon creepy type stuff um yeah can i make a quick assumption in that the color of the box associates with what faction it can be used with very well done yes i can figure things out on my own sometime much like how the color of the bottle often gives way to what's inside that uh, doesn't mean anything true it's not in the bottle long enough for you to notice the color sometime um <laughs> great looking sculpts like i said the the one dude with his entrails hanging out uh super creepy there's a kind of an homage to a mad max with a dude riding on a bigger dude's shoulders um also looks yeah, like I love a, that guy. a goblin puss in boots drinking beer uh centaurs really weird stuff yeah so the green box that you're looking at there with the centaurs are the resurrectionists so they have all about creating new creatures from old dead ones um, like that is literally a horse with a human stitched on top of it. Um, and oh, well, that's not creepy at all, is it? No, no, definitely not. There's nothing creepy about this game. It's very much Victorian horror-esque. Um, yeah, it, it fits within that demographic quite well. Oh, and then there's an Edward Scissorhands with a dad bod. I'm looking for that one. Crime and Punishment, Red Box. It's Edward Scissorhands, but he's got, oh, yeah. he's got the beard gut. Yeah, I could see that. It's kind of Edward Scissorhands meets Wolverine, but he's let himself go. 
Uh, it's kind of like Edward Scissorhands meets John Goodman from Roseanne. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Uh, good looking stuff. <laughs> yeah. Look, anybody that hasn't played Malifaux, it is a fantastic game. To be fair, I haven't played third edition yet, but I've heard nothing but great things. Um, but if this is a game that you're getting into, you need to understand that their sculpts are hard plastic, but are very much on the advanced level of build difficulty. Um, don't go into it thinking that you're building an easy kit because you won't be. Um, there is a T-shirt that they sell that says, I survived Yanlo's build. Sorry, uh, uh, Yanlo's beard. Just trust Actually, me in saying there's a reason that that T-shirt exists. So uh, you're going to talk about something when we, when we get to hobby time, but we're going to save that for hobby time. Next is 3D printable alien samurai world terrain. Uh, that's got so many of my favorite words. Uh, alien samurai terrain. Uh, yeah, so 3D Alien Worlds is the name of the company, which confused me there at one point when I was writing this. Oh. They have an entire samurai range. But if you open the link up, this is beautiful. Uh, this looks really good. Lo looks really good. Um, with it being the company name, it's it's slightly less exciting now. But Alien World Samurai Train, all good words to have together in one set. Agreed. But no, this is not a game. This is just terrain. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I'm just saying. But so, like Bushido, this is great stuff for Bushido. Oh yeah. Yeah, big time. Uh, that's I, I actually caught side of this range a couple of weeks ago, but I don't have a 3D printer. Uh, and now this is a brand new building from them, which is like, oh, people need to stop giving me reasons to buy a 3D printer. I'm trying to avoid the temptation. Uh, hey, Bruce, I'm not sure Bruce, I'm going to last another 12 months without owning one. Casey has said that she wants to get a 3D printer, so... I already have kind of the go-ahead, so... Yeah, I have nobody stopping me apart from me. Uh, right, but I have someone that could stop me, and she has already said, no, we should get one, so... Um, this is a reason to get one. Um, and it looks like Big the time. way that they designed it, it's it's modular multiple piece. So like um, the first picture here, it's all put together. And you take the house portion off and you can see the, the next level, et cetera, of like, you know, inside the little house um, or the ramps yeah. going down. It's the, yeah, really well-designed stuff. Um, it's very, very similar to foreground in the way that they've done that. I don't know who did it first. I'm sure it wasn't foreground. Um, but you can take the roof off so that you can see inside the house. Then you can take the house off so that you can see inside, I'm going to call it the dungeon. Foundation. It's probably not a dungeon, but that's, yeah. There's actual things inside. The, there's rooms inside the foundation there. Yeah, no, um, I would hate to think of how much th something like this would cost if you had to go buy it. So okay uh, I know that. what's I know what's underneath it. This is built into the actual walls that you can buy from them as well. That make oh, so this is like this is just like the tip of the iceberg. Ooh. Oh yeah, um, being three D printable, you can buy these sets for a fairly reasonable price. But obviously, it means that you have to build them, uh, print them yourself. Um, but, but yeah, these are. But that means you can then use what kind of ever you know medium you want, or you know what what level of quality you can either like oh it's terrain, yeah. let me just crank this out. Be like no, no, this is going to be part of a display board. It's going to be flawless. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards the resin printer side of things myself. Um, only because the lines on the other ones kind of annoy me a bit. But yeah. But let's get into, let's not going to pretend, our favorite. Say that again, you kind of cut out there. Let's get into, and let's not even try to pretend, news from our favorite game. 
Oh, whenever yes. Um, um, TT Combat. Um, so they do an advent calendar, which is cool because every day they spoil a little something new. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, this uh, Resistance um, Battleship. Um, it's like they took two, cut the left and right side off, and then merged them together and threw a torpedo tube in the middle. Yeah, I love everything to do with this. This is another one of the modular sets that they've done as well. Uh, they've shown that off by purposely building one backwards and then oh, sticking yeah. things on it to make it obvious that it is actually supposed to go that way. Um, it's not quite as modular as the initial cruisers and stuff, but you can't really expect it to be anyway. Well, um, the, the, the first image they have of it, uh, it makes my uh, my nerd parts fizzy. Yep, yeah. I love everything to do with this. Uh, and that goes on with what's coming next as well, which is their other major. Uh, it really makes me wish that there was a uh, more of a community to give me a reason to do a resistive. Yeah, I'm still very tempted by the resistance. No, no, no. The resistive. Sure. Okay, you're going to make me do this. We might get in trouble for this, but I'm going to do it anyways. I know what you're referring to. You can't stop me now. Well, while he's looking that up, and I'm sure that I'm going to get interrupted by something in a second, on the 18th of this month, we got hints from Drop Zone. So we've got some alternate sculpts of some UCM vehicles that, again, are very gorgeous. Uh, we have another look at something we'd seen about a month or so ago with like a crab, spider, walkie, scorpion type thing, and a resistance ship that looks absolutely stunning. Uh, TT Combat, really, they continue to hit it out of the park with this stuff. Well, I think it's probably because Dave finally has the time to sit down and design again. Yeah, and it's showing. I mean, Dave's sculpts were never average, like not even vaguely, but it, the quality is really showing here. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, that's what Dave did in the, in the beginning, though, was he designed. And then every, everything got to the point to where he was having to do more managing and stuff like that. He just he couldn't do what needed to be done to keep the game. Yeah. Um. Also on the TT Combat front, it's worth noting, like in 2019, Rumble Slam, which is a game I've talked a couple of times about this year, uh, kind of fell on the side because as much as it was their first love and a game that they created, they had to kind of push out the other games to get them going. Um, but Rumble Slam is actually getting some significant releases next year. Uh, they've released, they're releasing a version 1.5 rule set, uh, and they've already shown off another two crews that's coming next year as well from an entire new faction. So Rumble Slam's getting some significant attention next year to make up for the lack of it this year. Did you find whatever it was that you wanted to play? Uh, just about. Through the powers of editing. You're fast-forwarding through the movie until you find the bit where he says, No. No. Yes. We can't! Identify yourselves! We are the Resisting! We have... There. <laughs> I feel vindicated. <laughs> I'm glad that you're happy. That was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Okay, um, that next thing you're looking at I might come to at the end. So let's move into hobby time. And let's start with, well, play the thing first. Let's start with... Play the thing first. Let's start with what? Hobby time. Dream, blue, crying, paint. What have you been up to, George? I've been installing carpet in my house. How exciting! I know, being an adult sucks. Actually, hang on one second. 
while he's doing whatever he's doing, I'm it's not. worth noting that I interrupted his installing of carpets to record this. No, I was uh, recovering from the day of installing carpet and drinking wine to come record this, so it's all good. Um, I choose to believe that I saved you from a hard day's work. That already happened. You're welcome. So, uh, last episode that Bruce was on, uh, we discovered uh, the Iron Labyrinth uh, Death Quadrant Complex on sale for £25. Ah, has your package arrived? Uh, yes, and the the uh, items I ordered from TT Combat showed up as well. Ha <laughs> um, I also ordered the Sector Nihilus Industrial Complex. So this is the little thing that has the, the floating cube and the Stargate. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I want that Stargate. So I have that. I have plans for the Stargate. Um, I also... Um, I have my hands on a Shaltari Dreadnought. I'm actually opening the box right now. And some of these bits are huge. Um, yeah. Can you hear the... Yeah. The, it, I've seen the size of my ship. I can imagine that yours is very... You have th something to look forward to, George. Do you know what you have to look forward to? More dots! Yeah, and you're going to paint all of them, aren't you, George? Like a good... I'm going to punch you in the... You have to, otherwise, actually, none of your stuff's painted right now, so it doesn't really matter. I was going to say, yeah, otherwise, gonna... it won't look as good as the rest of your stuff. No, just putting it together, it'll look as good as the rest of my stuff. <laughs> um, I'm just going through here and looking at the pieces, and uh, something I probably should have done a while ago, but it, this is, like, literally the first chance I've had to do this. And, well, it looks like I've got two different resin batches. I've got a darker one and a lighter one as far as resin batches go. Um, that light? does happen. Yeah. I have a light switch here. Where's my light switch? There's my light switch. I have more light. That doesn't do much. Um, but so far, so far, it looks like I have complete and intact pieces. Yay! That's good. Ooh, I have um, um, I have a particle ants can here too. Yay! Um, George recently posted uh, the table that he's been working on for Poldercon. You mean Michelle? I haven't, I haven't been doing crap for Poldercon. Because it's in a oh, completely different country. Sorry, no, I didn't mean Michelle. Sorry, I didn't mean to say George. Um, yeah, um, Michelle's been working on a table uh, which is like city meets desert and a road connecting the two. Um, he's kind of been working on the theory behind the table for a while and it's actually starting to take shape, which is looking really nice. Uh, he shared some pictures with us as well as in a couple of the groups. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been liking what I've been seeing so far. It's very early days, so he has a lot of work left to do, but so far it's really starting to show nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just did a quick inspect of all my, my pieces for my dreadnought, which I will need to get put together and put together the rest of my stuff that's coming apart as I've stripped the paint off of it. But, uh, interesting little thing. If you ordered from TT Combat on Black Friday, you got a special little halfling friend. Oh, they're from the Rumble Slam team. I think. Oh no, no, this is the fantasy one. Yeah, well, there's a T one T one thousand and whatnot, and I'm trying to. It looks like I got the uh, wizard one. He's nice. A, yep. And a tombstone. Oh yeah, a necromancer. Is he a necromancer? There is a necromancer model. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense because he's got kind of a big cross, and it looks like he's into BDSM. And there's a tombstone that came with. This comes from the same Kickstarter where my um, cockatrice came from. So yes, I, I I have a little I have a little halfling 
Yeah, so, and they are gorgeous sculpts too. There really isn't enough halfling mob. So now I will say this, uh, taking a quick step back at I'm just grabbing the Sector Nihilus uh, complex. Um, it looks like a book. Like it's all nicely wrapped in plastic. You have the little sheet of paper that shows what all is in there. It's all just it's also nice and neat. I'm really just first impression uh, on the packaging, just super impressed. Um, at some point, uh, when I have carpet uh, finished and whatnot, I will, I will do a video of unwrapping the the complex and another one of the Iron Labyrinth and start doing assembly and probably do a little, you know, let's try painting some terrain, you know, videos and stuff like that. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how that develops, man. But uh, all in all, um, 101 pounds is what I spent uh, just to get free shipping. Yeah, I didn't order anything from them for Black Friday, uh, not because I didn't want stuff, but quite frankly, I didn't have the money to. Uh, I was already buying the new airbrush from Badger, and that was already outside of my budget, so I had no money for anything, pretty much. That's why we sent you a little jail. Yes, I know, and I very much appreciate it. I'm not going to fit inside of it, though. No, but you can put uh, your Mordok in there. I could, yes. Bruce, what have you been working on? Actually, you probably haven't been working on much of anything, have you? I've been working a lot. I've been dealing with 35, 45 degree heat that's in Celsius. I will tell you what that is in American. And Freedom Height, you mean? So that's anywhere between 95 and 114 degrees American. Freedom Height. Sure. You know what the funny thing is, Bruce? It never gets that hot where I live here. Especially this time of year. Well, no, I mean ever. Like, I think our high has been like 95, 94, 95 degrees. Like, the high. All-time high. Wow. Yeah, we, we've never hit triple digits here, so. Yeah, suck on that. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, it kind of, as much as I hate when it gets to those, I don't handle the heat very well at all. Um, but if, if you're in that sort of heat, your paints dry up too fast. Um, wet palette might help with that a little bit. Uh, but my wet palette needs some work at the moment. I'm waiting for a couple of things to arrive to fix it. So, Speaking of wet palettes, did you know that uh, Army Painter released a wet palette? Didn't they already have one? No, they've released a new one, actually. Oh, I, no, sorry. I'm thinking of the um, the Warmer Hordes guys have one. Privateer Press. That's them. Well, I, I will say this, Bruce, it'll probably make you feel a little bit better. So while I've never hit, you know, over 95 degrees freedom height here, I also live at over 2,200 meters above sea levels. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. G good luck breathing. <laughs> Breathing's easy. I do it every uh, It gets a little bit more difficult up here. Um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, dry, hot heat, uh, definitely, definitely have to have a wet palette. Um, yeah. I don't know if this would help. This just kind of like popped in my head. Uh, you know, those little like desk humidifiers, yeah, like have true. one in your hobby area, you know, just, just to help that keep that one little small area, like a little more moisture rich so that maybe stuff doesn't, you know, dry those quick. Would you like to know why I'm never doing that? Uh, because, uh, it's water and fish in it. Where is my hobby space, George? Next to your computer. Yeah, never doing that. Just get a hydrophobic computer. Sure. Um, yeah, having a quick look at the armor, Army Painter wet palette. Looks pretty good. Um, it actually comes with what I'm going to call a brush holder. At least I assume that's what those ridges are for. It's very, very similar to a lot of existing ones that are on the market. 
Um, but that's not a bad thing. There's a reason why most of these look the same. Um, the only downside of, just work. Yeah. The only downside of this is that that design for their lid is only going to work on their brushes. But again, it's their product, so that would make sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I did do a little bit of painting yesterday. I worked a little bit more on Dr. Octopus. Uh, I did a little bit more work on Black Widow and Captain Marvel, just doing touch-ups at this stage. Uh, since you've looked at my hobby, I have black-lined Captain America. Unfortunately, I did do a couple of errors, but I'm willing to live with it. Um, I have not touched the open-source lighting on Red Skull yet. I'm leaving that to last because I'm terrified of ruining it. You mean object-source lighting? Yes, isn't that what I said? You said uh, open-source lighting. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> the lighting thing that everybody Completely does too often. There. Yeah. Um, OSL, OSL and non-metallic metals are both things I've stubbornly avoided for a very long time because I got sick of seeing them. Uh, and by the time I got to a school level where I was willing to try it, I'd gotten sick of the people being elitist about how they did it and nobody else bothered. So, And that, that's that's as much me being stubborn as me getting annoyed about a very small part of the community. Um, well, don't of downplay other part. people's hobby just because you think that yours looks better. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, this is what I wanted you to talk about too uh, briefly is uh, speaking of other people in the hobby, um, you, you getting a weird echo there. Um, you didn't have any problems problem putting together any of your Marvel Crisis. Um, not massively, no. I do have a couple of minor gaps in certain pieces, um, but no massive errors. There, there has been com there has been complaints from parts of the community about how difficult they are. Um, part of that, I would argue, is because the original instructions didn't tell you what piece numbers they were, which for most of the models is fine. But for pieces like Ultron, where there's several parts that look the same, it created problems. Uh, it's why I had problems with my Iron Man, for example, uh, which I spoke about originally, which is that I'd put parts in the wrong place and I had to pull up, put it apart and put it back together. Um, they did re-release those with part numbers, which fixed the problem. But because nobody ever reads anything, uh, people just... The guys at Atomic Mass Games put out a sticky thread in their main group which touched on several things. We can't comment on future releases because it's a massive license thing and everything has to be approved before we can talk about it. It's really common, people. Um, you can use plastic glue. Super glue also works. Um, I know some of this sounds really simple, but a sticky thread is a sticky thick thread for a reason. Um, I, I was thinking about more, more about an unnamed individual who obviously has never done any sort of miniature assembly and immediately just because things didn't look perfect, blamed the manufacturer for all issues and lack of you know effort on his behalf. Um, that's going to be an issue with anybody getting into our hobby for the first time. There's definitely companies out there that make more difficult. I, I had a semi rant a couple of episodes ago about how somebody literally got abusive with me over this conversation. Um, but I talked earlier about Malifaux and weird. Their models are, I would say without question, the most difficult to build in the entire industry. Uh, I love their models. The end result is gorgeous. But you have models like Gremlins, which are, let's say, the size of your halfling there, but even more delicate. 
Their feet, sometimes their hands, are separate pieces. Their jaw lines are sometimes separate from their heads. It's like really odd things that even from a sculpting point of view, you can't figure out why it's a separate piece. I still don't know why any of the feet are separate. It makes no sense at all. I'm sure there's a reason. It just doesn't obviously stand out. Well, I, I put together some AMBOTs. Well, an AMBOT, and like each foot was like three pieces. So, and yeah. it's not that big of a mini. I mean, we're we're probably talking along the same size of like me. Yeah, the, the uh, gremlins. The gremlins that I'm referring to are like maybe an inch, inch and a half tall. That they they are quite small. But yeah, so I mean, compared to those sort of things. These models are really, really easy, but that doesn't mean that they're easy. They are definitely a challenge. They're not beginner models by any stretch of the imagination. The game never advertises itself like it is either, though. People go into things making assumptions, and I think that's part of the problem here. Because it's got the Marvel name attached to it, this was always going to be a problem because it's going to attract mainstream people that don't have experience in this type of stuff. Don't bother looking into seeing how things are normally done and just, it's fine, it's easy. These sort of things are always easy and then get upset when it wasn't quite as easy as they expected. I mean, I'm, it doesn't make them bad people or anything. It's just if you're not in this hobby and you're not doing these sort of things all the time, you don't know to be careful about certain things like scraping down mold lines or being careful to get rid of the actual nubs because they're possibly in pieces that are supposed to connect. Um, checking a website to see if something's been updated. Um, as I said, there definitely is challenges. Iron Man and Ultron is the, the hardest model to build in the range, um, so far at least anyway, um, and by a massive landslide. But most of it's not that hard. Which I just realized too is just like, oh yeah, there's a, you have to look up the instructions for the Shaltari Dreadnought because I just realized that, yeah, I don't have instructions in the box. No, they stopped doing that a while ago. Look, most companies have, to be honest, because it's just an expense that doesn't make a lot of the sense. It's something that gets thrown out anyway. Most people in this hobby, if they've ordered something from a website, funnily enough, have the internet. So why not just supply it on for oh, free on the website? Back in the nineties, we had this thing called the internet, and we used it with America Online, and we dialed into it with our telephone, and it was going to end paper because we had this thing called email. Yeah, funny that. And then somebody picked up the phone and disconnected you, and I was halfway through a game, Mum. I was downloading that PDF. I've been downloading it for forty-five minutes, and now I have to do it all over again. What do you mean I can't? What do you mean I have You're to get a bit? You're ruining my life, Mom. We're making fun of ourselves, just for the record, because we all did this at one point. Oh, ah, for the people oh, that I'm don't know what dial-up was like. Oh, God. See, we're old enough to remember there being no internet. Uh, I'm old enough that I was one of the first people doing tech support for dial-up internet. You poor thing. I don't. I still do it today. <laughs> it's like I haven't learned anything at all. No, people don't learn. They just ask. That or Macedo Masochist, I enjoyed the... Uh, what uh doing tech support does to me yeah but that's so a yeah that's been episode. our hobby <laughs> uh should we move on to game talk yeah let's talk nerdy to me so last episode you guys had this interesting conversation about historic gaming yes well try to make an interesting uh conversation about uh historic gaming i appreciate the compliment about how you had to think of something because i hadn't done all of your work for you that was very nice well i mean it's true 
be, before we get too far into this, uh, er, er, every little list of what we talk about every so episode, Bruce has done 99.9% of the work on. I try. I just try to, because we're talking about multiple things now. It's not like we could just go to TT Comes Up Combat's website and then just talk about everything to do with one game. For an int- we are talking about multiple things. So I just, I just, I try to help. You're doing most of the editing side of things, so I'm trying to help in others. Division of labor. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Let's go with that. Alrighty. So this week we we're talking about Marvel Crisis Protocol. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I brought that up for a reason. Oh. The reason I brought that up is because, well, actually, I've looked at a couple of historic games at certain points. Oh, oh. There's so been reasons why. Yeah, like, have I considered games? What games were they? Why am I not playing them? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, th- there's definitely part of me that would love to go, and I've mentioned this before, but I would love to go into a historic army scene with something that's very much fantasy, just to watch the twitching in certain people's eyes, and we all know who those people are. The, the, the buttons are the wrong colour. Uh, that person was never in that army. No, 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 he died 100 years before this. Uh, d- just to watch them twitch and their minds slowly unravel. Um so, so you would do one of these just to be uh, a Doctor Who troll? Sure. <laughs> um, it's not so much about that, though. To be honest, it's probably more... If I was going to do a World War II army, I'd probably try and throw Red Skull or something in there because then I could theme it around Hydra because I would find that more interesting than just recreating something that really happened. I can make it more mine. I'm just using that as an example. Um, whereas... I mean, if I was to accurately try and depict something, it might be the division that my grandfather was part of. Maybe, but I don't really find that very interesting. Uh, I like being t- able to add my own flavor to the hobby that I have. Now, in saying that, I'm currently doing a replication of somebody else's work on Marvel Crisis Protocol, but I have no interest in making my own Marvel character versions of... I mean, I, I like Marvel already, so I want to recreate that. It just makes sense to me. Um, well, and, and that being said, too, though, Bruce, I mean, you know, you have to look at people's hobbies and interests. I mean, uh, American history, right? There's this thing. I don't know if you ever, you're familiar with it. It's called the Civil War. I don't know if you heard about that. No, before nev- never heard of it. No, nobody ever talks about that all the time. Okay. Well, the, the North and the South were, were mad at each other because the North thought everyone should be free. And the South was like, no, we still want to own people. We're going to fight you. And, uh, well, the North obviously won because – but there's people People who like to reenact. Oh, that, I know this war. This is the one where Tupac and Biggie were on other side. Uh no, that's East Coast, West Coast. That's that's a different thing. That's, it's the same thing. No, it's it's different because the Civil War actually has historical implications. The Tupac Biggie is more of like a yeah, who gives a crap. Uh, uh, more, probably more. It was a war that was created by a record company to sell to sell records. But yeah, right, yeah. So, so I mean, which isn't to say that there wasn't conflict there. There was, but it wasn't what it was made of. Anyway, we're not but, going down that. Line. So, anyways, my 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 thought, my my thing is, you know, so it's like if there was a historically accurate game, what you know, I mean, yes, there's someone that's gonna be like. I'm going to play Flames of War, and I'm going to play the Germans, and I'm going to try to win despite the fact that the Germans actually lost. You know, most of Europe is thankful for that. Yeah. So, anyways, um, no, that's it. Yeah, me, personally, I wouldn't want to do historically accurate gaming because what's the point of it? It's like all these people like, why don't you like Call of Duty? Um, because I was in the military. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not make-believe for you. Which doesn't mean it can't be fun, but it's not where you find your fun. 
Uh, I mean, I wasn't in the military. Um, I mean, I enjoy looking at pieces of history. I, I do enjoy the educational aspect of it, but I've never really got excited over playing it out myself on the table. Um, right, you'd much get, rather leave, leave a company dwarves in, the, in a charge against a dragon. I mean, even with my Blood Angels, I mean, I loved my Blood Angels, but ultimately my Blood Angels ended up becoming their own actual force. Um, sure, Mephiston and that turned up, but they were their own actual force with their own actual backstory. Because that's what I have a creative writing background. That's what I get my kick from. It's why I love D and D. Um, I'm on my like fifth chocolate gram right now. I've only have I've only had two. I'm being a good boy. Yeah, well, I've had mine for how how long now? Yeah. Um. So <laughs> there's been a couple of games that I've considered um saga i considered there was somebody that was really pushing that game really hard at our hobby store for a while and the game looks really cool uh and it's a game that's very different from everything else that i've seen but i just never took the plunge there's no real major reason um th there was a, there was a couple of things that i would have liked to have played like there was a native american force that they call something else i can't think what they call it uh but they were too hard to find the models for and the rules were extremely hard to find as well because uh, they weren't in the most recent of books. Um, I had given thought to doing a couple of other things, but they didn't really jump out at me. Um, so it's just kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing this. I wouldn't mind playing this and never actually got around to it. Um, when there was another samurai game that came out at some point last year from Warlord. Um, hold on. Power of editing. Through the powers of editing. Test of Honor. Test of Honor came out at some point. I want to say last year. It might have actually been earlier than that. Um, and I was like, this looks really cool. I wouldn't actually mind doing something with ninjas and stuff. Uh, but it, I just never picked it up. There wasn't, I mean, there was some people playing it, not a lot. Uh, but the people that were playing it didn't really meet with the times that would suit me, though my schedule was kind of screwed anyway. Um, so again, it never really happened. You um, want ninja fact? Ninja fa ninjas are awesome. Ninjas are pirates. Ninjas win all the time. You, you want a fun ninja fact? Sure. A majority of ninjas were actually women because being a ninja, the act of what they did was dishonorable. And so by doing that, you would lose your honor. But women in the society at the time did not have honor. So they were more than willing to be a ninja because they wouldn't lose honor because they had no honor to lose. True. Um, also, the actual depiction of ninjas in everything that you've ever seen is 100% fictional. It was 100% made up and never actually existed. Uh, the martial arts of it did, but not the actual clothing. None of them ever dressed like that. That's why it doesn't make sense. They still look cool, though. Uh, the other just... one that I had... Yeah. Um, the other one that I'd given thought to... Is it Blood and Plunder? The... Uh... You should look at doing a voice activation, Bruce, because your your push to talking is uh, really you're you're releasing too quickly sometimes. The other th the reason I don't usually do that is half the time the parrot sets it off. Um, I, I kind of figured that. Thing. So yeah, um, blood and plunder is probably the closest I've come to as far as historical gaming is concerned. Uh, which is a pirate, both pirate ship and pirate forces game. It's not just pirates. It is like the English and the Spanish, et cetera, et cetera, as well. 
Um, I've been really tempted by that one for a while. Um, it is something that my hobby store sells. There's not a lot of people playing it. It's also really expensive, though. Like a, a smallish force still costs you $99, which is actually cheaper than what I can buy it online, uh, which really says something. Um, hey, hey, Bruce, I'm going to go buy a tactical squad of 10 Marines. It's only going to cost me 50 bucks. Yeah, I know, right? Um, to be fair, you're probably getting better value out of this than you would out of the Marines. That's not actually my argument. It's just that for a game that I was kind of, oh, I wouldn't mind. I'm just, it, there's no real small buy-in. It's yeah. you're you're buying in or you're not. So it's been harder to justify. Um, no, I'll I see I, how I, it goes. I'm still tempted by it. I'm not going to pretend I'm not. Yeah, no, pirates. I was just ninjas are better, but pirates are cool. Yeah, ooh, pirate ninjas. No, but I was just throwing that out there as you know. What are you going to do with ten space marines? Nothing. You're you're going to need like you know thirty more space marines, a couple tanks, and this and that, you know put it. So I mean, you're like, oh, it's a hundred bucks. I mean, yes, I'm not going. to... That's not a small amount of money. But no, for yeah. some of these games, that's that's pretty reasonable, I'd say. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not meaning to. Like I said, the, the price that I'm quoting is actually cheaper than I could buy it from the company directly. Um, my hobby store is actually selling these for a really good price. Um, kind of like when I bought Speed Freaks for 115 because I couldn't pass that up. Well, it wasn't that cheap, but it's just cheaper than it was like ten dollars cheaper than me buying it directly, and that doesn't happen in this country like at all. Um, it's more that I mean, with Malifaux, I can buy one box. And although I can't have a full game, I can play with what's in that box. Um, and it's only cost me like 50, 60 bucks, which is easier to justify. Uh, same goes for Wild West yeah, Exodus. No, sure. um, you can't say that about 40K, um, but that's not where the temptation of 40K comes from. Um, but when your smallest buy-in, at least as far as what I've seen, is $99, it's kind of hard to go, yeah, I'll buy this because I might play it. You n you need to know that you're going to play it at that point because you're spending essentially $100. Um, no, I get that. I mean, that's yeah. not too much for an initial buy-in for a game, in my opinion. I think that I think that's a good start. You know, like $100? Yeah. Okay, sure. But it, it, it's definitely not like, you know, the drop fleet drop zone where it's just like... Fifty bucks, you're playing a game. Yeah, Seriously? exactly. Fifty bucks, and now even you know they they've doubled the amount. Like, what? How can I? I I'm gonna play this game because I can afford to. Yeah, like seriously, if you haven't gotten into Drop Zone Commander or Drop Fleet Commander, especially with Drop Zone right now, I seriously have a look at that. Those prices are insane. Um, both of those games are really good too. But yeah. I, I'm still waiting for Drop Squad Commander, which uh, I, I I need the royalties on it because I coined that first. So, uh, Louis, Louis, you know, just George Lucy, P.O. Bot, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Except but, I'm pretty sure when you coined that phrase, you turned around and said that you could have that for free. Uh, no, I didn't. All, all I remember is uh, back in the day, uh, Nigel at... Uh, uh, gaming thing in London. He uh, he was asking Dave a few questions, and he's like, "Any thoughts about a game called Drop Squad Commander?" And Dave was just like, "No comment." Like, boom, instant, no, no hesitation. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And as George hinted at a few minutes ago, uh, although it's probably 10, 15 minutes ago now, yeah. we're going to have a bit of a discussion about Crisis Protocol. So they've released what they're calling Ultimate Encounters. Like I said earlier, this is basically a two versus one scenario. 
Um, one person gets to play as the big, bad, ultimate villain, which is a powered-up version of whoever it is that they are. In this case, it's Ultron. Um, and the other two are, face, are coming with their forces uh, to try and take out that one person. In this particular case, you're trying to break through Ultron's defences to break down his software, basically. I'm not using the proper terminology, but you, you kind of get the idea. You're trying to break him down until he just doesn't function anymore. Um, there's been a lot of talk already about pe people wanting a Hulk one. I'm right there with that. I want a World War Hulk one. Um, out of all of the characters, that's probably the one that makes the most sense because um, he is just that strong of a power character and that chaotic did it just makes sense. Uh, and this apparently gives us hints of being able to have minion-type stuff, which haven't existed in this yet. So I just thought we'd have a, a bit of a read-through, a bit of a chat, uh, like our old days with the old rule books. Um, so the ultimate encounters don't use your normal rules, for obvious reasons. Uh, instead of players alternating turns, you have the crisis team and the cosmic threat. The cosmic threat is obviously the person playing with the big superpower bad guy, and the crisis team are the other two sides that are trying to compete against that. Um, so it's I go, you go, I go, you go, but slightly differently. So so almost kind of like uh, the, the way drop, drop fleet, drop zone are kind of set up, where the, the turn is happening at this time, and based off how you do something, either you go or your opponent goes, or you let your opponent go or something. So if you and I are playing the Crisis team against Captain Sox, because, of course, he's the bad guy. Um, well, he is in the Air Force, so. Yeah. Um, we're playing the Crisis team, you and I, and between us, we get to activate three characters. Uh, we each get to complete an activation and then add an activated token to the character so we know that they've been used. And then after they've gone, the Cosmic Threat player gets to have their turn. Um, they activate an encounter character and up to one minion. Um, and instead of adding an activation token at the end of their turn, they add an activation token to the encounter tracker because obviously they have one person. If they had one go and then everybody else went, that wouldn't actually work. Sure, sure. It's a uh, lack of balance. Yeah. And then we'd get to go again, and between us, we could do another three. So, hey, I used two people last time. Maybe you can use two people this time. Um, but it would be up to us to negotiate that. Okay. When an effect has stated that it lasts for one round, or the effect happened for this round, it does not actually last the entire round during the ultimate encounter. Effects with a duration like this will last until the end of the next Cosmic Threat player's turn. So if we're doing it this turn, it will continue through all of our activations and then through his activation and then it stops, which makes sense. So that sounds almost kind of D&D-ish then where it's like, I do something and it lasts until my next act. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, you've got a power phase, which essentially is the same. Each character gains a power. Um, resolve any player effects that happen during the power phase, so on and so forth. Activation phase is still essentially the same. Um, most of that side is essentially the same. They've just made allowances for the fact that there's now three people in this, not just two anymore. Um, players can take one of two sides. Obviously, you can't be the good guys and the bad guys. Um, so you're either on the good side or the bad side. Crisis team players build their squads essentially the same way as the other. Uh, you've got a... You can use any characters and team tactics from your collection. 
unless it's otherwise specified in the encounter. So there'll be certain encounters that will say you can't use this character or you can't use this type of squad, for example. Uh, I don't think there's any in this, but I'll have a look at that later. Minions. So this is the big thing that's changed. Some missions actually allow the cosmic threat to have minions, which up until this point haven't existed. So there was no Hydra agents, there was no shield agents, etc., etc., etc. This opens the doors for those. So hopefully we will finally actually get, well, I say finally, the game's been out for, what, two months at this point. Um, but we'll actually hopefully get some stuff later. Um, it also allows for things like characters being controlled by certain things, and that's why they've gone bad and so on and so forth. Um, you can set a difficulty. So you choose a difficulty on the mission, uh, and that will change the portions of the encounter players can agree on. So if you're taking weaker forces, obviously this is going to be harder. Again, kind of fairly obvious. Um, priority. In an ultimate encounter, priority is not determined by a dice roll or passed during the cleanup phase. Each mission setup explains how priority works for the encounter. So the mission that you're doing will tell you who goes first, whereas normally you're rolling. That's fairly obvious. Uh, encounter characters are specific keywords. So if you've got someone that's specifically for an encounter, it's going to tell you. So in this case, Ultron, the ultimate encounter version, is specifically him because the normal Ultron is not as powerful. So in this particular one, the Crisis team must battle Ultron, the master of metal, while evacuating civilians from the city. Real quick, Bruce. Yep. So I, I did some searching. I can't find it. But the, uh, the picture here included with this, this Ultron looks so much like another comic book character, and I cannot remember the name of the series, but it's like a living metal android, and, I, and it's driving me nuts. I mean, Ultron is essentially that. Right, right. No, no, but I'm saying it's like a different uh, uh, IP that looks like Ultron, and it, it's driving me nuts, and I cannot remember it. I know, it's it, and, I, and I've got the comic book somewhere. I just cannot. Anyway, sorry, I, I just had to interrupt you and just and just the animation, the the, the artwork there is just amazing. It just is driving me nuts. But go go ahead and continue. Yeah, I'm not sure who you're referring to either. I did come across something called Death Metal, but I've never heard of him. Oh, I'm gonna have to look now because that may be right. Um. So yeah, if they can daze Ultron five times, his firmware, firmware is the word I was looking for before, will break down and he'll be forced to retreat. Um, yeah. Um, additionally, if you can delay his doomsday advice long enough to rescue the terrified civilians, um, then that's also another way of winning. Yeah, it, uh, it's 100% death metal, just FYI. It's 100% that character. Okay. Good job, Bruce. Basically, Ultron is trying to destroy the city and its people because Ultron is all about the robots taking over uh, because humans are the problem. Um, so there's terrified civilians around the city that you need to rescue before they get killed. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, there's tokens for the civilians. There's tokens for the Doomsday console. Um, there's tokens that you get for his corrupted firmware, the home base, and for civilians that have been evacuated. Um, this particular mission specifies who is being brought. Uh, this ultimate counter is designed to be played with only the Marvel Crisis S core set. Um, 
you can prefer to customize it yourself in the future um but they're suggesting you just take what they're suggesting so team number one is captain america captain marvel spider-man and iron man team number two is red skull crossbones dr rock baron zemo and black widow so they're they're divided up in a way that makes sense black black widow is obviously with the bad guys in this case why are the bad guys fighting against ultron because well he's going to kill them too i guess it's like my enemy is my the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of yeah so, so, so this is very much kind of like, I mean, it makes the most sense to reference it. So it sounds like a uh, a D and D adventure pack where this is the scenario, this is the team. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the difficulty they set up where um, the harder it gets, the more crisis tactics are in play, uh, and the more doomsday devices are in play. So it's basically it's it gets more difficulty so it gets more difficult because there's more that you have to do before the time runs out um which makes sense there's a specific deployment that's set up um the crisis team starts with a priority in this particular case because i guess they are having to react to what ultron is doing um but yeah look they've put some serious thoughts into this i I could continue reading this forever but that's going to get boring after a while um the actual download itself is something you can get from free from the website i'm going to quickly rotate my view back around it comes so, with the so part of this too it sounds like you know like the conversation earlier if it's marvel it's more mainstream you know other people are gonna see this and want to check it out this seems to be more of like a structure like you know try this out instead of like you know us experienced tabletop maze players of we're gonna throw down play a game it's more of a yeah. structured and structured environment on how to check out this game and and get into get into it T- to be fair in board games for the last couple of years right now cooperative games have really been the thing that's been popular uh and i think this is the demographic that they're trying to lend themselves to as well uh it's a free download that you can get uh it's something that the board game crowd is probably going to get in with uh as as a temptation into further dipping their toes in um i like what they've done with it i I kind of want them to release a mini of ultron looking like that now with the cape and everything, even though I said earlier, no gaps, but it just looks gorgeous. Um, I would probably print most of this on just standard paper and then try and get that last page printed in card just so that it kind of feels a bit nicer. Um, The card that we're referring to is twice the size of the normal ones. So good luck finding a top loader for it, but there's a lot of top loaders out there. So, well, that's true. I suppose there there is one that's designed for larger photos and stuff. But the um, current cards are four by six, so you're looking at eight by twelve, which is not small. That's okay, assuming that, is, that my guesstimations is right. That's a little big, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but it, it looks the size. I'm looking at it on my screen. I haven't printed it out exactly. So, but yeah, uh, that's game talk for this week. Uh, George and I have both backed a game called Super Fantasy Battle that we've talked about once before. Uh, The rulebook for that has been released digitally, and we are going to be discussing that in a future recording that may end up being a private one for Patreons once that relaunches. But otherwise, we have actually launched our podcast. At this stage, it's very much a work in progress because, look, it, it exists, it is loaded, 
There is dollar values set, but those dollar values are just kind of there for the moment. We have one Patreon, which is me. And the only reason that it's me is because George has been paying all of the upload costs for our podcast audio already. So this is me contributing back to that. And the only reason I wasn't contributing earlier is because George didn't tell me. <laughs> um, nah. Yeah, I know. You wasn't worried about it. Um, so there's definitely going to be discussions about what we want to get from this, some of which is obvious. If we want to continue growing our audience, we need to be able to advertise this. We're not the only ones in this crowd that's doing this. Uh, when we started with the Hot LZ, we was literally the only podcast around that was talking about the game. And naturally that helped us grow pretty quickly. Uh, we're going to have to put some, put, put some pedal to the metal if we want to actually grow our audience, uh, and, it's going to take more than just releasing audio to do that. Um, there's costs associated with uploading. It'd be nice if George didn't have to keep on paying that. Um, there's costs associated with the video editing that we're trying to get into more. I actually paid for my video editing software myself. Um, so far, I'm loving it. Everything that we're video recording at this stage is coming either off a phone or off a webcam, uh, which works but is not the best video quality. Um, we would like to get better in that regard as we grow, because as we grow, there's going to be expectations that we have a higher production value. Um, as I said, it's all very much um, work in progress. Um, most of our content is definitely not going to be gated. There will be certain things that will be released to Patreon before other places. Um, but the only way we help this community is by putting out our stuff so that you can see it. And if you can only see it by giving us money, then that kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, well, we'll definitely have some Patreon exclusives, um, but it's not going to be everything. Um, Patreon will be there to support this content, um, because they choose that they want to do it, uh, as opposed to, um, I don't know, other reasons. We're not trying to make a living from this or anything. This is a hobby at the end of the day. Um, so anything that we get out of it is a bonus. Right. I mean, one of the other things we did too with the the Huddle Z Patreon is, I mean, we were only able to do it once, but I mean, you know, we did do giveaways of Yeah, that's stuff. true. And one so, thing I mean, I'd definitely like to get, once we get to a point where our audience is growing and we can actually sit there and say, hey, we've got a bit of influence, I'm not saying that we're becoming on tabletop or anything, but it'd be nice if we could get access to things a little bit more timely um, so that we could talk about them as they're coming out, as opposed to, hey, this thing came out four or five weeks ago and I have it in my hand. More, uh, more but that's like, very yeah. much a long future thing. It'd be, just be nice if we can get to a point where um, the podcast didn't have to rely solely on our budgets uh, and maybe there was people that came on board to help out at some stages where they can. Uh, but again, like we've got to get to that point first. Yeah, I mean, and and, and this is something we enjoy doing. You know, we we, we enjoy sitting down and, and chatting with each other about stuff, and you know, our going back and forth. I mean, we sent Bruce a you know piece of terrain that's a jail. I mean, come on, <laughs> what, what kind of people do that? <laughs> I mean, what, what kind of people give him a nickname and completely refer to him by that nickname and forget, and forget what his actual name is? How? Actually, to be fair, I've had that most of my life, but it just wasn't the Bruce. Right. Well, there's a reason for the Bruce, and the Bruce is better, so you're the Bruce. Oh, I agree. But um, growing – because my surname is Grub, 
my my nickname growing up was Grubby. It doesn't get used much anymore just because I'm older now and I tend to go by Jason. Um, but I legitimately had friends that when they were talking about Jason would ask who Jason was. And this was people that knew me very, very well. Um, so I'm, I'm not... <laughs> You know who Jason is, but we have two Jasons, so we also have a bit of a complication there anyway. Oh, no, 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 because that name is perfect. So, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, if anything, if anything's happening, you guys are failing to come up with a good nickname for me. No, you have a nickname. You just don't use it. You're the Yank. It's even in the start. Right, but but Captain Sox is technically a Yank, too, so, but yes, okay, I'll give do we have a bumper for upcoming events yet? No, we don't. Because, like, ugh, carpet. <laughs> upcoming <laughs> events. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, coming up in January, I and Alan, I still need to talk to Alan again. It's been a while since we discussed this. Uh, looking to run demos at the House of War. Uh, dates are yet to be determined, but I actually have two weeks off in January. So I'm going to get down and actually do this at least three or four times in those two weeks. Um, Michelle, you have a laptop, right? Yes. And you have a portable webcam, right? Oh, yeah, I could try and recording things. Yeah, that works. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, there may actually be a better way of doing that. I'd have to talk with Alan, though. I'm just saying um, that might be a way to, you know... Because, yes, going down and meeting the Bruce in his area and checking out Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol, awesome. Um, I can't do that unless you buy me a plane ticket. Yeah, I know. Um, however, House of War actually have their own feed, and maybe they might be interested in getting some game footage of their own, maybe? I don't know. I'll have to talk with Alan. That sounds like something we should talk about. Because collaboration. Um, yes. Again, we are not sponsored by anyone. I only talk about House of War because they are my literal home of hobby. Um, Michelle. Yes. Uh, Michelle is demoing Drop Zone at Poldercon. We talked about this last episode as well. So Michelle is Thunderboy. Uh, Poldercon's kind of a unique event. It's specifically centered around demoing and booking, sorry, um, booking demos for the games that you want to try out. Um, TT Combat and Warlord are both sending love with some goodies uh, that he'll be giving out uh, as part of the event. If you're in the area, poldercon.nl is the website. Um, there is a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, there is a lot of like stuff. A, and if, if you want to demo certain yeah, things, you want to start making your bookings. Uh, Michelle, I would love to come for a demo, but I can't afford to get there. Um, CCG, which I'm guessing is a storefront. Yes. Uh, CCGwinkle.nl will also be carrying a small selection of Drop Zone Commander. So you will actually be able to buy the game if you have a demo and like the demo. So oh, and... that's, that's coming up. Yeah, four-day event in January. Uh, sorry, four-day event... Uh, I'm reading two different things. Uh, I have to double check what month I was just going to say one of the games that popped up when I was going through the Poldercon list that caught my attention was God Terror. And you go to CGCWinkle.nl, and that's one of the things listed there is God Terror. I have to find out what God Terror is. God Terror, actually, that came up on a website that I was re visiting recently. That's actually 
done oh. by somebody. It's Steamforge Games. It's their new one. Yeah, and I just Google search God Terror and kick goal, God Terror extended Kickstarter all in pledge, unopened and ready to play to ship $450 on eBay. Sure, I can find something cheaper. I wouldn't be surprised. That's probably just somebody trying to eBay it. But eBay is filled with that sort well, of stuff. It's on eBay, so yeah, yes. Um, you're also looking at things like Team Yankee. Uh, I'm uh, Arena Rex. Team Yankee. Arena Rex is a um, game that I've been looking at for a while. It's basically it's a mythological version of um, Gladiators. It's it looks kind of fun. Uh, Burrows and Badges. I've heard nothing but good things about. Um, pretty much everything Warhammer wise is there. Infinity is there. Wild West Exodus is there, which is one of my favorites. Uh, th there's pretty much everything is here. Kings of War, Star Wars Legion, um, Cruel Seas. So, yeah, th there's a lot of stuff that's going to be there. So I was just going to say uh, Team Yankee is the uh, Flames of War, but Cold War, World War Three era. So it's more modern tanks and aircraft. And stuff. Yeah, it's what if the Cold War went hot. Exactly. Based on a series of books that I know very little about. Perfect. Yeah. Um, the London Grand Tournament is coming up in June next year. Uh, TT Combat is going to be there. Uh, you've also got things like AOS, 40K, Malifaux, Star Wars Legion, much, Horus much more. Heresy. Horus Heresy, yeah. Like, like, this is another one of those huge events. Uh, and, of course, it's in the middle of London. So it's at the Lee Valley Athletic Centre on the 27th and 28th of June. Uh, they have a website, which is lgtpresents.co.uk. Otherwise, if you search for London Grand Tournament on Facebook, uh, it's very easy to find because it's just facebook.com, da-da-da-da-da, London Grand Tournament. Um, I just happened to come across that in TT Combat's feed when they were mentioning that they were going to be there. So I threw this in because if, if this is as big as it looks like it's going to be, it was huge last year. So very much something yeah. to look out on if you're going to be there. I'm very um, jealous of America and the UK because they get all of the really good events and we don't. Well, so I'll, I'll say this. I'm very jealous of the UK and to some extent Europe. Because travel distances are so short. I, I know people guys, that, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, people in, in, in the UK, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's that's down in London. I'll grab a plane. I'll be down there in two hours when it's like, you know, a 500-mile drive. I'm sorry, 500 miles? That's a car trip here. Um, talk yeah. about possibly going to Adepticon with uh, Captain Sox next year. I'm looking at 18 hours in a car. Yeah. Why? Because that's still cheaper than flying. And, oh, 18 hours in a car? That's still only like a quarter of the way across the country. Yeah. Now, um, in Australia, you know, a majority yeah. of the country is uninhabited. So, you know, it's like you guys only drive around the perimeter. So, no, there's people that drive through the middle. Those people are just crazy, few and far between. I was going to say crazy, and then I thought better of Otherwise, at this particular point, I think that's going to be it. I think we've probably run over time a little bit, but just Man. very, very quick. Yeah. Very quick reminders. Facebook.com slash getting tabled. Give us a like. Give us a follow. The more people that are sharing our content, the better. Uh, Twitter is at getting tabled. We need to get on there more often. Uh, do you want to throw out the website link? George? It is www.gettingtabled.weebly.com. W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. Sorry to correct him, but there is no www. Uh, for it to resolve, you should www. Nope. Getting tabled, getting tabled replaces it. It's gettingtabled.weebly.com. Really? Yes. We had this conversation last time. 
Um, if you want to keep an eye on our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash getting tabled. As I said earlier, it's still very much a work in progress at this stage. You've now got some ideas as to what we want to do with that. Um, but when it's ready to launch and there's actually content, well, there was actually content on it last week. Um, but when it's actually ready to launch and ready to go, boom, okay, then we will let you guys know. Um, but yeah, if you want to bookmark it or you want to give it a follow, that's where it is. Yeah, we're, we're ready to go. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. It's there. If you want to do something, we're not going to stop you. But just before, you know, when, when we're ready to go and we're doing content to you, we'll let you know. Yeah, very much so. Until then, I am the Bruce. And that is the George. And I am one of the Yanks. And this is this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Play more games. It's been a while since I've done that. <laughs>